I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. We're very political in what we do. It's not just like hot girls dancing, but that's our hook. Yeah. <laughs> hot girls dancing. And then we're going to make you feel better about your Surprise. life and about who you yeah. are. Smart. Yeah. Surprise, bitch. Yeah, we got you. I'm ducking out. You're ducking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that's in a wonderland state of mind. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Melody Kamali, and today we're diking out with dancer and event producer Ivy of Liz Vixen's Burlesque about the glitter grind. I love that, the glitter grind. That mm. is absolutely what it is. Can't wait to get into it. But first, remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars there. Tell us how much you love us. We love to hear it. It helps people find the pod. It is important. You hear it all the time. But there's a reason every podcaster is begging for those five stars. It makes a huge diff. It really yeah. does. Help people discover us. Help us help you. 
And then help us in another way by signing up for our Patreon. Sign up that helps. Patreon.com slash Diking Out, where we drop an extra episode every week where we say things that we want to say for behind a paywall, things um, about my personal life and a lot of stuff that we just can't fit on uh, on these normal episodes. Like I just spent four days at a lesbian circuit party and I can't tell you everything about it. On it's this episode, to live there, yeah, it's gonna be there, and I'm gonna probably talk about it for weeks. Also, we're starting up our Stonewall shows again in November, so as soon as we have the date in the lineup set, we'll be posting that. And lastly, a quick uh, apology, I guess. I mean, it was out of our control um, for anyone who was excited about our Jenna Lyons live recording. Yeah. There was uh, a little bit. Everything's okay. But uh, she had a little bit of a medical thing blip came up uh, and we had to make a call and we're going to reschedule it and keep an eye out for that as well. We were so excited about it. We were getting so pumped, so pumped, so stressed about what to wear. So excited. Oh, yeah. I had my outfit. We're still excited. It'll happen. I mean, I went shopping same the day before yes and just even writing out the questions I was so excited to ask her I think it's going to be an amazing interview because it's something she doesn't talk about that much uh, is her queer life and she posted on Instagram that she was ready to to dig out that was um, exciting enough like right for her to she posted a story about how she doesn't discuss her personal life she realized 10 years ago that she likes girls more than boys and has come to the conclusion that what was the quote I am in fact gay and I'll be getting yeah. into the details about that with the team at Diking Out or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> she's been on a journey and we're gonna we're gonna get the deets hopefully so Stay tuned. Keep an eye on our Instagram at Diking Out. That's usually where you'll get all that info. Carolyn, I must ask you first, you've got a robust week to report on. What is the Mm -hmm. gayest thing you did in this last week? Melody, that's an impossible question to ask of me. You had a gay ass week. I mean, you were there for a week. I was. I was in Orlando. You didn't just go for the weekend of Girls in Wonderland. I mean, you really made the trip count I made some extra days yes yes I wanted to make uh, the most of my time in Orlando so I was there for an event called Girls in Wonderland usually it's held in June but because of COVID it was held in October it was about a week after Orlando Pride which we didn't go to because we thought we'd be interviewing Jenna Lyons but that's okay (laughs) that's okay it's fine we'll go another time and we went there uh, I mean I went there with Cecilia. You were so missed, Melody. I re- there were so many moments that like, oh, why isn't Melody here it's to experience? Like, did you know you could feel this? physical pain from FOMO? Because, <laughs> wow. I was glued to the, to the stories, to the posts, um, to anything I could get my eyes on for like dispatches from girls in Wonderland. Right. What the fuck? I went from not knowing this thing existed to being like fully obsessed. I can't yes. stop looking into the Florida queer scene. 
it lives up to it, it's beyond what I thought it could be. And they were uh, nice and they gave us press passes and got to experience all the events. I was having so much fun and so caught up with just meeting people and talking to people that I didn't even get enough uh, good footage on my own. Like I wasn't even posting that much because I was so busy just being. That's how you know you're having fun. I know, right? Right? Yeah, the phone is a way other than to barely a couple pictures. Right, right. You're having a good time. It's true. Yeah. So, yeah, what is the, what is the gayest thing? Was it that I went to so many uh, queer events that I had my first, like, queer, crazy pool party that I got to see once again, uh, Ari and Mandy from... (laughs) our generation q (laughs) i know i I was like this i'm afraid she's gonna get creeped out if she sees me again but she was like no come back here and uh you know it was probably good to see a familiar face maybe in the in the sea full of (laughs) queers because it it could be overwhelming if you don't know what you're getting yourself into the entertainment was great the parties were great and the people there the people there were amazing. I've I've made a lot of friends and a lot of people that I'm going to keep in touch with that I hope to see next year. Uh, was it was it hanging out with uh, the the Tampa Bay's and getting to meet them? I say hanging. Out. I mean, I, I met them and and got to uh, chat a little bit with a bunch of them, but I would say like over half of the Tampa Bay's were there, and that was uh, a lot of fun because. As you all know, we've mentioned it before, but the show's coming out November 5th. It is dropping. We are going to have some of them on the pod for interviews, and we are excited. But let's hold off on that because that's not my gayest thing. The gayest thing is that I went to Pulse to see the memorial yeah, and wept. <laughs> And if anybody is going to Orlando, make some time for that. So uh, Maya, one of the people who invited us down, she uh, was such a lovely host. Shout out to Maya. Thank you so much for making sure that Cecilia and I had an amazing time in Orlando and also for telling me. So we went out to dinner for some Peruvian food on Sunday night and Maya was telling us about what it was like for the queer community to have gone through that. Um, Maya wasn't at Pulse, but the night before, because she photographs a lot of queer parties and stuff around um, Orlando and was the photographer for Girls in Wonderland. She has some of the last photos of some of the people who were killed at Pulse because they were out the night before where she was shooting. Um, and got to give those to to the family. I mean, I was just, I couldn't stop crying as she was talking about it and, um, you know, meeting people who were there that night. Uh, I didn't know about the, the memorial. Um, it's, it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's so moving. It's, it's something that when pulse happens and I've talked about this a little bit before, but for some of our newer listeners, when pulse happened, 
um, I was going through a divorce and my ex-wife had recently just left me and I was in a really, really dark place. It was so dark. I just couldn't feel like any emotion. I was just feeling dead inside, honestly. And then Pulse happened and I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't grieve it. I had no feeling. I was just like numb. It, it was, it was really weird. And, uh, a really hard thing for me to wrap my head around. And finally, I feel like five years later, I was able to really feel the impact of it and grieve it and seeing the faces and the names of everybody. Um, it's yeah, it, incredible. Don't even know what it would be like to be there um, because I was, I was just so impacted all the way in Chicago when it happened. Right. That was the catalyst for me actually to start reintegrating into like queer spaces. I yeah. um, had like gotten out of a relationship with a guy like four months earlier and was already on this like, fuck man, I'm going back. Like, you know, right. swinging the pendulum. But um, I really started seeking out queer events. I would look into like Kristen Casa, past guests, um, her parties. Right. I was doing more like queer comedy shows, storytelling shows, like seeking that out, like desperately trying to um, be a part of the community, um, right. realizing just how important community is right. um, after that. It was very intense. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then learning about the community there and how uh, everybody reacted to it and, and came together and the vigils they had and the events they did and the ways that they, they honor people and how moved they were by other cities recognizing Orlando in their own prides. Because Orlando, as we know firsthand, is so overlooked as a queer destination and um, and a queer destination for, for women, too. Uh, because I think people know about like gay days at, at Disney and all that, but it, it's always more focused on um, on men. So yeah. just feeling so fortunate to have gotten to experience Girls in Wonderland. Um, Pandora Events puts it on. Follow it on your Instagram. Make sure uh, you see it for when it comes up next year. Uh, I want to say, you know, whenever I go to these things and uh, endorse them, uh, I like to, you know, ask the question, is it diverse? And is it inclusive? And yes to both those things, I think, from my perspective. Just from the footage I saw, it pretty yeah. diverse. Yeah, it, it was really, uh, it felt like a safe space so much so that Cecilia and I are really struggling being around straight people now and being in like non-queer spaces like that. Like we went to, um, to Disney, to Epcot on... Monday for for a little date time um shout out to Jody thank you so much and we uh we were just like we can't handle all the straight people here and we were like eating at a picnic bench and these guys like came and sat down with us and they're like mind if we sit here and then like as they were coming in and then we just like couldn't talk anymore because they've just like invaded our space Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it's just it's really nice even to have like four days a year where you could just go and party and make friends. People have asked, is it if you're in a relationship, like, is it still fun? I think so. Um, met a bunch of couples who seem to be having a, a great time. And yeah, I think it's it's a great event. Follow uh, follow Pandora events and 
um, you know, see you at, see you all at Girls in Wonderland. Oh, I guess next we'll see year. you there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Dang. Well, Melanie, I know that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> it's not a competition. It's but, a, everything's you know. a competition to me, and I'm losing. <laughs> So What's the gayest hard. thing you did this week? Because I was so jealous that you were down there. Um, I had to just get my little claws on the screeners that we have access to for Tampa Bay's. The show drops November 5th. We're lucky enough to get screeners. I think we got all of them or we got all but one. I think I think we got all but one. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah there's going to be eight episodes. We got seven. I mean, I mentioned this when the show was greenlit and I found out Mm -hmm. about it on the podcast. And um, I was really excited to, you know, I love reality TV and I love lesbians. I was thrilled with the news. And um, I went online to see how thrilled other people were. And I uh, saw that a lot of people weren't. Um, There was a lot of backlash, a lot of um, accusations of colorism. I am very aware that some people are not even happy about me bringing this up as my gayest thing. But I am here to report that this is a show that I enjoy. Um, I think the problem here isn't that there aren't any dark-skinned people in their immediate friend group. What we know about this show is that this is a pre-existing group of friends that two of them had like reached out to a production company um, to do a show about them. And they are a legitimate group of friends. They have a Native American in their group of friends. They have an Iranian. I was obviously so excited about that. I don't get any of that representation. I mean, I say that on the heels of the L word, <laughs> Gen Q, yeah. which was a huge spike but in still. queer Persian representation. Yeah. Um, but this is reality TV. Like you see... Yeah a lot of scenes with these people's families there's biracial cast members also important to note there are three medical professionals on the show we have covid yep. nurses getting into yep. um the trauma of yes. uh, 2020 which is important like i think i was going into the show expecting like fluff um reality trash um but it really like i cried a few times watching it yeah getting into um they're the Native American, like the indigenous um, heritage. I cried about a lot of coming out stories. You see one of the cast members um, come out to her grandma and how hard that was for her. I mean, it is important also to note that the problem isn't with this one group of friends, like not having that many like dark skin lesbians in their mix. Um the problem is we have one show every five years for us. Yes. And yes. everything hinges on this one thing. We need and more. And it's expected to be everything. Yes. And it yeah. can never be any everything. We saw right. Gen Q try to be everything. It was a mess. It's you know, um, like we can't just have the real L word and like almost a decade later have this and just have that. These two things be the barometer. Um, right. I I understand the frustration for sure, um, but the problem is just a true lack of media for us, by us, and until we get enough Real Housewives-esque like, level like of a yeah. variety of this type of reality TV, we're, like, this is going to be a problem, but it's not their fault, you know? Yeah. Am I... 
Is this, you're, you're I don't, right. I don't know how to talk no. about, um, you know, because it, it's at the end of the day, you're, you're absolutely right in that we, we don't get much. And this really was, you know, made by queers for queers. So I think anybody can enjoy it. And, uh, I'm, I'm halfway through the screeners and then we'll be able obviously to talk about it more in future episodes once it drops. And once we have, um, some of the bays on, which I'm so excited for, and they they made great TV. They made great television. It's entertaining, and it's it's not all uh, drama. It's not all like there was so much more like heartwarming, like a lot of family like stuff, family a lot stuff. Of stuff, yeah, important conversations that we never see authentically told. Different background, like really getting into what are the the real issues, the real stressors, the real and yes, then there's like friend group hookup, whatever that kind of drama it's all of a, it. as a snack. But uh, <laughs> but but the meat of Tasty the show, snack. yeah, it's great. And uh, you know, I, I'm you know what I did. Thrilled. I um, I mean, I work in production. I know there's like so much to consider that happens behind the scenes that no one ever things to do like I went through the credits I looked up their editors <laughs> and like oh cool a black lesbian you know like yeah, yeah yeah there's a lot of people working on the show and crafting the they too. craft yeah. the stories you know like right. these girls are just like living their lives there's so much producing that is coming from queer POC perspectives which is yeah. important to note I yeah. obviously want more diversity in my queer media but i just also want more of it so it can accurately critique something if we're there if there were so many and this was yet another lesbian show that came out that didn't have that huge range of diversity yeah it'd be a problem but like progress it i think is a, happening there is like diversity on the show it's it's just it can never be enough and it people are trying to write it off before they even see it and that's why we don't get more stuff because if you're going to be like don't watch this you know and try to cancel it tear, before tear it comes out before it comes like, out then no one's going to want to make these shows no yeah. one's going to want to make these shows no one's going to want to be on these shows well people are always going to want to be on these shows but yeah. but it makes it harder and you don't see that in with other kind of contents and we're just the we're tearing our, ourselves down and um so that is why um and it's not because one of the tampa bays uh slipped me a hundred bucks to say this no i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> i'm just kidding no i me uh who doesn't watch much reality tv um I can't wait for for everyone to I watch so much trash. It. This is not trash. Like yeah. <laughs> This is legitimately good. Um, it's it's well done. I think it's very well done. Was sobbing towards the end. Amazing. Amazing. Gay amazing. Well, wow. This this episode, I'm just thrilled because we have on a lesbian hero. Mhm. Today, we are diking out with Ivy, the founder of Les Vixens Burlesque, an all-queer burlesque troupe in Orlando, but they perform everywhere. Uh, she's also the producer of Girl the Party, the longest-running weekly party for queer women, possibly the largest. And uh, I had the privilege of meeting her and seeing her work and seeing um, meeting Les Vixens in 
Orlando when I was there and it was such an amazing experience that I was like, we need to get you on the podcast immediately. So I'm super excited. We get to dike out with her now. Let's do it. Ivy, oh my gosh. We haven't seen each other Hi, in Carolyn. like two days. Two <laughs> days. Different I miss world. you so much. <laughs> Not even two days. So good to have you here diking out with us. You're meeting Melody for the first time. FOMO through the roof for the last week, yeah, it, seeing all your updates. As it should be. As <gasps> it should be. We, we missed you. We got to get you down there next time. But it's also a pleasure to meet you. Likewise. I'm, yeah. Very upset. I didn't go. <laughs> We're talking about girls in Wonderland here. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm talking about it everywhere, but I really didn't know what to expect going to the event and really felt like I was going to be out of my element um, because I've never done anything like that before and wouldn't describe it as my scene and I had the time of my life I had so much fun and can't recommend it enough I love to hear that <laughs> love that I mean you you definitely looked perfectly at home I saw your little <laughs> pink head bouncing around just everywhere yeah. and I was like she is living her best life right now I was yep. um like from afar lurking on the event, just typing in any hashtag I could think of, like G-I-W on TikTok, and I would see Carolyn's little pink head in a pool <laughs> bobbing around <laughs> in the background of things. And I saw a lot of footage of you. You were yes. booked for performer for it. It looked like you were very busy. Go-go dancing yeah, I, at every party. Every single party. I actually, I run all the dancers, and I book all the dancers, and I'm the lead dancer Four girls in Wonderland every year. So yeah, I was I was exhausted. <laughs> I was yes. everywhere. I have yeah. I have very bruised knees and I was exhausted very, still dehydrated. But <laughs> yeah, it's a great time. Yeah. You and missed out, Melody. Yeah. Next one. June? Is it June? I'll I'll be there. Yeah. Typically we do it in June, but you know, everything in, in the world is wonky right now. Right. So right. October. Right. Woo. <laughs> Love it. And everybody seems to know who you are. You are very well known throughout Florida, throughout the queer scene. I'm sure in parts outside Florida, too. Oh, yeah. Again, this is all just a yeah. new world to me. So I right. but, like everybody knew who you were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I've done a good job of uh, cultivating relationships with the queer community here in Central Florida. I mean, I've been doing this forever. So I'm, I'm like a staple. I'm a professional lesbian. So yes, yeah. Ugh, that's cool. the dream professional lesbian. Well, before we get more into how you became a professional lesbian and talking about the glitter grind, as you call it, Love I think that. Melody, mm -hmm. do you have a question for Ivy? I mean, I'm dying to know. I mean, what, what do you even choose or land on? But what is the gayest thing you did this week? Oh, well, the gayest thing I did this week um, after dancing in front of thousands of queer women all weekend, I came home, watered my 37 house plants, kissed my cats, <laughs> yes. hit the road and performed at the reception of a lesbian wedding. Oh, my God. So I, I think that's the gayest thing. Jesus. That just whole whole thing together yes. is the gayest thing. It's the gayest I thing mean, I've ever heard. Yeah, your life is just a string of gay things after the other, but I couldn't believe it. I saw on your Instagram story. So how many 
wedding scene. I would have never thought to hire dancers for a wedding, but I love it. Right. What a great idea. Well, it's actually funny because I'm also an officiant. I've done about 15 weddings. What don't you do? Girl. (laughs) Yes. You're talking to a minister right now. Who knew? Right. Um, But, and then I also can perform at, uh, at your ceremony, um, you know, shock the old people, Please. you know, give them that razzle dazzle that from their, <laughs> from their youth. It, it, it's a good time. It's a good time. So this, this is actually my first wedding that I've performed at, but we have another wedding at the end of the month where it's a vampire ball. So I have myself and a few vixens booked and we're going to be oh my God. vampires okay. doing a hot wax pour. Yeah. Onto the lesbian couple. It's going to be great. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do I get an invite to this wedding? Yeah. Right. I, I'm, I mean, you'll be my plus one, Carolyn. Okay. That was my next it. question. That was my next yeah, question. I got Great. you. <laughs> Done. Let me book the flight. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Well, speaking of dancing in front of thousands of women and girls in Wonderland, I'm kind of curious because I was a, a girls in Wonderland virgin. How did this one compare to past years since this is a little bit of a, of a weird time with COVID and anything? I, I don't know how like attendance Compared or right. did it feel like, nope, this is, we're back, you know? I was actually wondering how it was going to go. We spent, you know, all of 2020 doing what everyone did, freaking out. And uh, <laughs> and then this year, we spent all year trying to figure out, should we do the event? Should we have this? Because, you know, it's thousands of people in a pool and at night parties, right. day parties. But I also run Girl the Party, which is a weekly queer women's event. It's like the longest running, largest in the Southeast, if not the country at the moment. Famous, um, and yes. Yes. And since August of last year, we've been basically back completely full. So we have like, you know, eight to a thousand women every single week. So when they were bringing up Girls Wonderland, I was like, Florida, don't care. <laughs> there, everyone's going to want to come out. Yeah. Let's yes. just do it. And, uh, and I was, but I was, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the same attendance and it was a little less, which I know for you, you thought it was just a uh, balls to the wall the Poppin', whole time, yeah. which it was, but yeah, but we definitely had a little bit lower attendance, not as bad as we thought. It was great though. It was, I was very happy with the turnout and with as busy as it was, especially considering we had no idea. It looked what it was going to be like. Bumping. Yeah. I was actually <laughs> yeah, wondering. So June, June will be even bigger. Yeah, because um, you never had Girls in Wonderland with the proliferation of TikTok. Like, I just feel like I saw a lot of people making TikToks from it, promoting it in that way. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of visibility around it right now. And then people are going to get really excited and want to go to the next right. one from seeing all that online. I mean, we've had lesbian influencers there every year, you know, but different platforms, obviously we have YouTubers, we've had just Instagram famous lesbians come out. So yeah, TikTok's just another platform to show just the insanity of Girls in Wonderland and of the queer community here in Central Florida, because we have a huge one here. You know, it's, it's huge always, not just during gay days, not just during Girls in Wonderland. It's pretty much it's it's real gay here. We're real I, gay. I mean, we're just starting to understand this. I mean, yeah. I just binged the Tampa Bay's screeners all in one night. Um, fascinated yes. with Florida right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Perfect. Yeah. Yes. We we love that. 
It seems like there are different scenes in Florida, too. So I met a lot of people from Miami. I met the Tampa Bays. And then Orlando itself has all these parties going. Are those like the three main queer scenes? And how are they different? Yeah, um, Miami is obviously um, very, very South Florida, very Latin. And they don't have a lot of weeklies or monthly parties, they just kind of have pop-ups, um, mm-hmm. that come out of the blue and all of a sudden there's a big party and then it goes till the sun comes up and then it's gone into the, into the morning light. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tampa doesn't really have much anything, anything anymore. Um, there used to be a place called the honey pot, but that closed down. And so Orlando is basically the staple. I mean, we've had girl, the party for years and years. Um, Southern nights itself has been, uh, established almost 40 years and they've had a lesbian night every Saturday for the entirety of its existence. Yeah. Um, so central Florida, really Orlando has been the most consistent, um, with parties and like a lot of the Tampa people come to Orlando, Miami people come to Orlando. And then, um, I also perform all over Florida. So I, you know, this week alone, I have a show in St. Pete, Lake city, Jacksonville, Gainesville, everywhere. So a lot of that, you know, comes to Orlando, we bring little bits of it to these little like podunk towns. And then, you know, it all, so everywhere in Florida has like lots of pockets of gay. And then Orlando itself is kind of an epicenter uh, where we've really thrived. We've really created something unique that I, as a performer, I've traveled all over the country. I've done shows in every corner of the U S and I've never seen anything like what we have at girl, the party, um, because, you know, we've built it and we've cultivated it. And because we have the Vixens, you know, we're not just dancers, we're, we're safe space creators. We are, you know, lots of diversity and we've really worked to create that kind of relationship with the gay community to make sure that we're, you know, we are queer and we're here for you, other queer people. And and that's, I think that's really unique and Mm -hmm. I haven't seen anything like it anywhere else. So yeah, Orlando's, Orlando's bomb as fuck. Yes, it's never saw it coming. And I'm so glad I did and got to experience it. Um, There's so many of the things you mentioned that we want to get into, but I want to go back a little bit and tell us a little bit more about you and like getting your start. Like, when did you come out? When did you start dancing? How did that all come together? Yeah. um, So uh, when I was 18, I met my first girlfriend and I was like, oh, okay, this is why I told boys I was waiting for marriage to have yep. sex. <laughs> this is why I never, I never had sex with any of them because uh, my, yeah, my first girlfriend um, changed, changed everything for me. And then uh, she took me out one night and there were some gay girl dancers at a gay, a gay bar. But, you know, it was like mixed in with the gay boys. Naturally, they, yeah. were, they had like the one. Right the one girl. And I was, and I thought, Hey, I could do that. I don't know why I thought that I danced like a baby horse. I was, I just, um, you know, I, I just thought I want to do that. And so, um, I auditioned for the person who ran the entertainment and then they hired me for some reason. I will never understand that, but we'll, we'll roll with it within three months. I, I literally don't know how this happened, but within three months I was performing like five days a week in six different cities, like all over the place. And then Southern Nights asked me to start running the lesbian night. And then, so from then on my entire adult life, I've been doing this and I started just kind of as an independent performer. Um, and then I brought on two other 
girls to other um, queer women to perform with me so we could kind of be a trio. Um, and one of those girls was bisexual and she got pregnant. So uh, she had to retire. Yeah. And then I started bringing on new entertainers to kind of fill that spot every week. And then all of a sudden the Les Vixens were born. Um, you know, we put the, the Les in burlesque and this was kind nice. of before burlesque had its revival. So we were doing what we thought were called go-go shows, you know, cause we would perform not just go-go dance. We would have a performance where we would, you know, have costumes and music and the whole thing. And then that really, really took off. And it was wonderful because we finally had queer women performing for queer women. You know, the, I love drag Queens. I was basically raised by a wild pack of drag Queens, but that's still entertainment for men, you know, like women can love it, but it's still geared toward gay men. And there was really nothing substantial for gay women. You know, when I came out, I, I, I didn't see myself anywhere. I didn't see other gay women anywhere except in the crowd. And so I really discovered that there was such a lack of that. And I was like, I will do this. I will do this for us. I will make this a thing. And, and then I just, I have a degree in ad PR and marketing and women's studies naturally. Oh, that checks out. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, I was, it really worked for this, this job. I was very motivated to make sure that we had that we, we maintained this space because I saw so many lesbian bars fail and I saw so many lesbian nights fail. And I was like, we're not going to do this. I'm going to build this brand for years. I was just doing it, it just in it, you know, representing women, bringing on new women, making sure that everyone had characters and everyone ha- had like a lot of diversity representation. And I never looked at it too directly because I loved what I did so much that I was afraid if I looked at it too directly, it would disappear. Mm-hmm. So when I finally realized what I had, then I started focusing it as a brand, as a business. You know, I had press kits made. I had, I was liaisoning with venues. I was getting us into all these different places and spaces that had never seen queer women perform the way we do. You know, I, I have very talented, empowered, incredible women on my team. And over the years, some have gone, some have come, but we've really created this strong family and I think people also really love that because we, we, I have such diversity on the team, you know, looks, yeah. ethnicity, um, orientation, everyone is queer, but you know, I have pansexual girls. I have very strong lesbians like myself and everything in between. And I think seeing that representation really got us a foothold in, and because I have like a business background. So talking to venue owners who are all gay men who think lesbians are cheap, who don't want it. Um, you know, I, I get in there and I convince them, no, you want it. And then they have a very successful night and they're like, wow, let's do this every month. Let's do this every week. And is that the conception that, that lesbians are cheap? Like we don't buy a lot of drinks or we don't tip or 100%. However, um, I recently read a study on demographics and lesbians are like right under gay men for as much as we spend. Um, so it's a myth um, that, that has been cultivated since the nineties. And I'm like, no women spend money and you just got to give us the space and the entertainment. And you got to pay us more on the dollar. And you got to pay us more. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's another thing (laughs) is, is, you know, working in venues where I see how much the drag Queens get paid. And then I see how much we get paid and having to fight for, you know, we're, we brought in, you know, every week at Southern nights for girl, a party for, I think seven years now, we have 800, 900, a thousand people every week, every single week. And that's not because of the drag Queens, 
you know, that's because of us. Yeah. And so it's, it's something that I've worked really hard to kind of show our value and make sure that, you know, people know that we need to give the entire LGBTQ community something, you know, it can't just be for the gay boys. It has to be for queer women, for trans women, for our non-binary babes, because they love us too. And it's like, that's something that is so important. There was such a lack for so long yeah. in queer entertainment. And I'm sure you all see it in other places that you go. It's like the oh, lesbian bar sure. project and everything. It's, it's, it's a struggle. Right. Yeah. I mean, Provincetown, yeah. when, um, when Cecilia and I went there for carnival, it, it was all men and there were lesbians present in, in P-Town that weekend. Right. Same with Fire Island. Right. They, yeah, they were all there, but they weren't partying and there were no parties for them. And Cecilia and I went into the one, like the big party for Carnival Weekend. We were the only two women in the entire space for right. like the 20 minutes we were there, but we dipped out and we're like, this isn't for us. Walking around being like, where the hell are all the lesbians? And then the next morning, they're all out walking their dogs. Right. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> where's our party? That's what this I'm saying. Right. I love circuit parties. Sorry. I, like, I go to a lot of them, but it is with my gay male friends. I always right. feel a little alienated as it, the night gets later. They find someone to go make out with. And then I'm just sort of standing there like, where are the lesbians? Where are they? Right. Yeah. Or they, they bring in like straight performers they'll bring in straight women samba dancers you know atmosphere and and that's still not it it's still not it right. i don't care if you have a hot straight girl who's up there dancing like where are the queer women who are up there dancing and that's yes. that's what we do we're the queer women up there dancing for queer women yeah yeah you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating or even listening to this podcast and however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. I love it so much. Tell us more about how do you look for dancers? How do you pick dancers? What's the criteria? What's the vibe? So I have auditions and the first thing that we do is we get all the girls together and we welcome everyone, non-binary babes, trans babes, queer women. And then the first round is basically where we have them go-go dance because I need to see if you, because a lot of people are really great performers, but they can't go-go dance. So they can't dance to whatever the DJ throws at you. Mm. So that's a great way to eliminate whether or not you can be a vixen because there are a lot of burlesque troops and there are a lot of um, hobby burlesque and this is a business. And, you know, I need people who can do it all. I need people who can go, go dance, who can entertain, who can do a number, you know, like adaptability, who can create costumes. Exactly. I need them to be flexible in more ways than one. (laughs) uh, So, so I have a round where everyone just go, go dances and that's where we can kind of see, okay, that girl obviously stands out. That girl is obviously killing it. That girl. Okay. And then, you know, we take them down and then the next round, they, they're supposed to come with a number, um, with costuming and everything. And then whoever made it through the go-go round gets to perform their number. Um, and I have all my other vixens there and I have a few of our like support staff and crew to help decide because I am not the Simon Cowell. I am like, everybody, I hire everyone. You're great. I love you. Um, so I need like, I need other people to be like, you, you didn't make the cut. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then, and then we watch the people perform and it's always one of those things where it's the, I see it immediately when someone puts that first heel on the stage and I'm like captivated, they're in like I they're in because I know, and the rest of the number is always insanely good. And it's that, that's that X factor that I look for that happens with that first step on the stage. And then, you know, a lot of other things I can mentor and I can, I can train into them, you know, like audience interaction. I can train. Some people just need a little bit more confidence up there. Um, I know at auditions, everyone's extremely nervous. So I take that into consideration, but there is that, that X factor. And I found it in so many incredible women. Like it, it blows my mind. And I also look for representation and diversity. I'm not going to have a troop of like skinny white girls up there. Like there's enough of that. <laughs> there's yeah. enough of that. And I, yeah. I want as much diversity as possible. So that's another thing I look for is like a look, you know, a character is like, is that going to fit in? Is that going to stand out? Is that going to do both fit in and stand out? Because that's kind of what I want. I want each of my vixens to be highlighted and to have their own fans and to create their own brand for themselves under the vixen umbrella. And I really try to cultivate that because I, I don't want faceless, nameless identity erased people, which is a lot of like go-go troops. They all dress the same. They all have the same wigs on They And I'm not that I have each girl. I tell her, you know, create your own character, create your own brand, create your own identity, and then your character, bring that to the stage. And so I also see girls who can do that and girls who can't. And so that's another thing when I'm, I'm having my eye out at auditions, it's that X factor. It's that, okay, are you different? Are you something 
new? Are you something exciting? Are my audience, are they going to be able to see themselves in you? You know, that's going to be cool for them to be able to like, oh my God, that girl's that bald, beautiful black girl with the tattoos. That's me. I've never seen this on stage before. Oh my God. That kind of androgynous hot girl. Like I've never seen her on stage that like kind of thicker mixed girl. I've never seen her on stage, but she's a part of our troop, you know? And that's really what I like look for is representation, diversity and X factor. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen like burlesque or go-go troop like that. And I'm right. really excited to catch a show. How many people are in Lay Vixen currently? Uh, currently we have 14. Cool. 14. And how many of those 14 have the name Brie or some variation like Brianna, Sabrina? <laughs> Get over I found, it. <laughs> sorry, I have a new I have a new theory. I think like 25% of the queer people that I met in Orlando were Brie's. <laughs> well, that's really funny because we do have a Lady Brie. <laughs> <laughs> Lady yeah. Brie, see? I remember strong yeah. name down there. Yes. I, I met her. Yes. She was one of them. And that I was like, oh, I've already met like four Brie's. And then it just kept escalating from I there. I will tell you, you've never met a Brie like Lady Brie. She is a full on original. I did tell her that too. Writing that down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk more about Girl the Party. So when you took over the lesbian night at Southern Nights, was it called Girl the Party then? Or was that? A- no. Okay. No, it was as many club nights are. It was different variations of Seduction Saturdays, oh, Sultry yes. Saturdays, yes, 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 yes. you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. that venue, I've been in it since I was a baby dyke and it has gone through several um, owners and several names. It was revolution for a long time. And then um, a group came in and bought it out and they decided that they only wanted us one Saturday a month. So what I did was I went to another venue and took all 600 lesbians with me every Saturday. And they had eight people in the venue on a Saturday night. And all of us were at another venue. And we did that for several months until they called me and said, we bought out the other guy. What do you need to come back? And so gave them my list of demands. And then we we came back. I know. I'm like taking notes. (laughs) Melanie, we know what we need to do. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And, and, but the cool thing is, is that um, at that other venue, I met DJ Deluxe, who is my co-producer, and he is a the number one lesbro in the history of the world. His sister's a lesbian. He grew up kind of in the lesbian scene. He saw his sister, who's older than he was, you know, going to Southern Nights, going to that Saturday, sultry Saturdays or whatever it was yeah. at the time. And he really saw just how hard it was for lesbians to have any space. And he's an incredible DJ. A super smart dude. So, and he saw what we were doing and he was like, this is lit. This is incredible. Let's make it something even better. And so our powers combined created Girl the Party, something relevant, something cool, something that didn't have stock photography flyers of like some straight girl whipping her hair. You know, the ones yeah. where oh, we, yeah. we could- Those we, flyers. <laughs> yes. You know, the flyers, the very busy flyers. So yeah. we started Girl the Party- rebranded it, um, made it, made it something cool, uh, which it's always been cool. It's just gay men and their marketing departments have never understood lesbians. They've never understood what we want. They've never understood anything about us and deluxe because he has, you know, his sister who's very close with is lesbian. And he and I became really good friends and we kind of understood, you know, he, he worked a lot of downtown events, saw the cool kids, knew what was up and knew that lesbians were cool as fuck and wanted to give them 
you know, the opportunity to have like our own fucking cool ass night that was every single week. And so, yeah, we rebranded, came up with Girl the Party, um, which we thought was so cool. And I, I still, <laughs> I think it's still great branding. Yes. And then we, we really amped it up. And so, cause one of those things where our owner is always like, oh, you know, let's, let's bring in someone because they're so used to like, let's bring in a Ru- RuPaul girl. Let's bring in someone. Yeah. And it's like in the lesbian community, there's really like the list of people to bring in who would be a draw is so small. And then the budget is so stupid for that. So it's like, right. we have something that's so great that we don't even need to bring in anyone. You know, we have the hot bartenders, we have the Vixen show, we have the Vixens go going all night. We have the good music. We have such a great venue. I mean, the space itself is wonderful. There's so many rooms and there's a patio and it's connected to a craft cocktail bar. It's connected to a dive bar. So we have a little, like, if you're over the club thing, you can go get a craft cocktail and then come back and find that girl you wanted to make out with somewhere. You know, it's, it's, it's really, really great. Honestly, in August of 2020, when we came back, we were like, how is this going to go? And we had one week that was kind of rocky and then it was slammed ever since again. So it even COVID can't stop girl, the party. Yeah. I, um, I saw the, there was a Forbes article you were profiled yeah. for that came out like yeah. just before the pandemic hit. There was some quote, you're like, we're trying to create biodegradable glittery fun. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, exactly the vibe forward that thinking vibe. fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that did come out ju- like probably February, 2020. And then it did. So was there, there was like yeah. probably a lot of momentum, like, things were happening. Oh, and absolutely. then how did the pandemic? Yeah. And, and then I slammed straight into a wall, just like everyone else. Yeah. It was such an interesting time because it's such a global experience, but such a personal experience. And for me being the type of entertainer I am on that glitter grind, I'm, I was going, 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 going I, this month alone. I have 30 gigs in 31 days. Um, and it's been that way basically since I started, like I said, within three months, I was on the road, barely sleeping, hitting all these like tiny towns for their one like lesbian night a month. And, uh, and so after going that hard for so long and then hitting that wall after getting even more momentum, right. With the Forbes article and with other things, and then slamming into the wall, it was, we all had an identity crisis. I certainly did. I was like, like trying to play with glitter in my house. I'm like, it's not the same, oh. you know, like walking around with pasties in my house. My cats were like, cool. Yeah. It, it's different. Yeah. I'll tell you that that was soul sucking because one of the things that I think we're so incredible at with the Vixens and myself in particular is that kind of reciprocity with the audience because we're giving so much energy. We're not just, yes. we're not just performing with a fourth wall. We are, we are, there's an energy exchange that happens yes, for sure there's nothing like it. It's like live theater. There's nothing like it. And you can't replicate that digitally or virtually at all. And um, so, so that was another thing because I'm so used to having that relationship with my audience and having, giving so much and making people feel seen and special and, you know, in their daily lives, they don't get that. The girl with the tattoos, who's like, you know, unsure if she's going to come out or not, comes to one of my shows. And I'm like, you're stunning. Welcome to the show. I'm queer. You're queer. Let's do this. And then she had, I mean, the amount of people who send me messages that I came out to my family because of you, mm. you know, I feel this because of you, I, you know, you I give them a little myself, smack and it changes their life. I I'm telling you what girl, I throw some glitter at them. And I, you know, it's, we are doing something more important than just being dancers. For and sure. I think that that's was also why it was so hard during 2020, because yeah. I felt like my purpose was, was 
taken away as well. You know, a lot of people could keep working, but for me, it was, this stuff is art for me. It is my purpose. It's my income. It is my, my reason. I mean, the universe, I think was like, this girl has a message. How are we going to get, get her a platform? Sparkly boobs. There it is. <laughs> and then sparkly boobs, then I'm going to reel them in and I'm going to have messages about self-care and mental health and, yeah. you know, queer pride and getting people to feel comfortable with who they are. And that's really what I do. Cause I, like I said, I danced like a baby horse. Like I am not a trained dancer. Hey, some I lesbians are into dancers. that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> hey, like, oh, horse she, girls. They're she, a lot of horse what, girl lesbians. Hey, horse girls. Yep. So what's up horse girls? I'm right here for, and I ride a horse at medieval, which I think is funny. Um, oh, but yeah, God. it's a, uh, it, it, it was like so much more than just dancers because you can see dancers anywhere. Right. It's nothing, but having a troupe that talks because I make sure my girls talk, you know, I have them, there's a voice there. Everyone has their own thing. You know, some are vegan, some are bisexual, some are, you know, have messages about, um, racism. You know, there's a lot of like, we're, we're very political in what we do. It's not just like hot girls dancing, but that's our hook. Yeah. <laughs> hot girls dancing. <laughs> and then we're going to make you feel better about Surprise. your life and about who you yeah. are. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise, bitch. Yeah, yeah, we got you. And then, and then people do go out into the world and they do feel better. And then they come, come to us on Saturdays and they're a different person than they were the week before. And it's, it's pretty amazing. And I'm so, so happy you got to see some of it, Carolyn. I'm telling you, it's unlike anything I, I've experienced. Like everything you're saying, I just want to be like snapping, like, yes, yes, yes. Like that's <laughs> what I saw. And and watching, you know, I was watching other people interact with the dancers and just like the joy on everyone's face. Right. And everyone was just like in, in awe of the vixens and talking about it and being like, oh, did you see one? Like, look over there. And and then also talking to some of you when you're when you're not dancing, like everyone's just incredible and warm and like you feel like, yeah, it's this safe space. And right. uh, talk about that a little bit more with creating safe spaces because that's um, you know, easier said than done. It absolutely is because I host all the shows as well. For the most part, I always do a shout out. You know, I say, where, where are my lesbians? Where are my bisexuals? And at that point I take a moment and say, you're valid too, because a lot of times, you know, drag Queens will erase bisexuality and that sort of thing. And so I make sure very much so to acknowledge when I'm on the mic. Um, and that also creates a safe space because then people feel seen. Um, and then I talk to the straight people in the room and I say, you know, welcome. We love having our straight allies here. Um, but make sure when you go back out after you leave the best night of your life, you go out into the world and you make your other straight friends be allies because there's nothing worse than a straight person who parties with gay people, but doesn't vote for gay people. And so I make okay. sure that I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have that. And I may, and you know, anytime anyone feels uncomfortable anywhere that whoever's making someone feel uncomfortable, they're out immediately. There's no questions asked. This is a, a safe space for queer people, straight people. Yes, you're welcome. But the more straight people that show up, the less it's a safe space for queer people, you know, yes. because then it starts to turn into a straight place. And so, you know, we're, you are welcome, but don't forget, don't get it twisted. This is a queer party for queer people. And you need to respect that. And you need to be here with other queer people. Don't just show up with your straight friends. You know, you, you need to be coming here with people who are also queer. And so we, we work really hard for that. Um, that's something that I really make a point to do. Another thing is like, we have great security. We have, um, you know, 
Deluxe and I are, as I'm performing, I'm a Hawkeye, you know, always like I'm making sure everyone's in the crowd looks comfortable. If I see a dude being gross, he's out. You know, if I see anyone being, making anyone feel uncomfortable, he's out. There's just no, there, there are no questions asked. And the great thing is that our security at all our events, especially girl, the party, they're fantastic. They, I, I mean, ever since pulse, we've had a lot of security. Um, and we're one of the only venues that have kept up that kind of like stringent security. And, you know, I'm friends with all the, all the security dudes, like we high five at the end of the night, you know, and like, they'll come up and tip me in the middle of the night. Cause they're just like, <laughs> you're killing it, dude. And I'm like, thanks bro. Um, and then, but, but they're all, we, we also vet them to make sure that they are, you know, safe people that they are, you know, queer allies, if they're not gay themselves, because we sometimes have big old burly dudes who are like, we're out the night before, you know, making right, out with right. some dude at the bar. So it's like there, we do have like some gay, uh, bouncers, which is great. And so that, that's very much my thing is like, if anyone feels uncomfortable, you know, th- they, they know to come tell me, you know, cause I'm there, I'm, I'm there all night. They know that the staff is there for them. Um, it, that's why Southern is so important, you know, and that's why it's been around for 40 years is because we create that, like home for, for queer people. And we, we, we don't just say it, we like act it and we live it and we do it every week. So there's, there's that opportunity. And that's another thing is, you know, I I travel to these like podunk towns in like the middle of nowhere, you know, where they're just happy. I have all my teeth and they're just like, wow, (laughs) never seen this before. That's hot. Yeah. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Um, and, and it's, it's funny because I've had, you know, situations there where it hasn't been a safe space because, you know, it's the only gay thing in a tri-state area. Um, and, and I've really worked to make sure that when I come home, that I take those lessons with me and I make sure that, okay, this is what made me feel uncomfortable when I was Mm. in podunk town, USA and what we're not going to have here, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Carolyn told me the security down there is unlike anything we're used to up uh, Mm -hmm. North post pulse, right? There's a lot more security police presence. Just, I don't think we have nearly half of that at our events. Right. 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 Yeah. It's a, it's been, I mean, obviously like I lived through pulse, like, uh, Pulse was our sister club. You know, a lot of my friends were there. A lot of entertainers were there. Um, but I, I'm not going to claim any anything about Pulse other than like it's part of my community um, because you know I was working that night at Southern, and you know it was it was an intense time. It was an intense year for sure. Um, and it's it's something that's like very very complex for a lot of queer people mm-hmm. in Orlando. Um, but the yeah. the fact that we we do still have the visible signs of that, you know, with the security and stuff, I think it's a constant reminder that, yeah, you know, we have a lot more representation in the world. We have a lot more acceptance in the world. We have a lot more ability to go out into the world and just live authentically, but there's still, we still don't have the complete freedom that we should. We still don't have the safe spaces everywhere. You know, we still don't have that. And a lot of times, you know, like, like I said, I'm a professional lesbian, like literally everything I do is gay from watering my 37 house plants to right. um, what I do for, for a living. And it's sometimes easy to kind of forget, you know, that, that the world is not what my biodegradable glittery space is. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and that's the thing that, you know, I'm so grateful that we do have the security and I'm also grateful for the reminder because it doesn't let me get complacent and it makes me continue 
my fight because, you know, our foremothers and forefathers, they fought for us that we would never have to see another Matthew Shepard. Right. And now, unfortunately, this generation now will have to fight for the next generation. So they never see another pulse. And that's something that like we spend a lot like the Vixens and I, we spend a lot of time talking about that, being political, getting out there, um, making sure we, we vet like the best candidates for our area. And I've had, you know, some district representatives come to Southern and talk. And, and so that's something that is also super important. I think, you know, the personal is political. If you're queer, it, there, mm-hmm. there is no getting around that because right. what five years ago pulse happened. Yeah. It's not the utopia that some of us may think it is because we're so you know, encased in the glitter. And, uh, and so I always make sure to bring that reality back because we do have to fight for it. We do have to fight for our rights. And um, I think that's another thing that makes the Vixens different is that we're not just here to entertain. We're here to motivate, inspire, and, and energize people to get out there and do their own activism within their own communities. And I think that that's super important as a queer person, as a person who has a platform, you know, I, I'm not just here to be like pretty, I'm here to like be political and she does it once all, again, folks. lure you in, Yeah, you know, I'm going to lure you in with my sparkly boobs and then I'm going to get you to vote. <laughs> so <laughs> works for yeah. me. Yes. When we talk about safety in these spaces, I'm curious about your own safety that you put yourself out there. You're very exposed. Mm-hmm. How how do you make sure that uh, other than having close relationships with security, but, but are there issues there? Does it get scary at times? Like or? you have to have had a stalker, right? <laughs> Is that? Oh, oh, normal? I, I have, I have had, <laughs> Over the years, I have had some of the most unique stalking situations of my life. I have, I have a couple online trolls um, who I don't think have actually ever met me, but that's that that is what that's it is. Once once you're doing well, yeah. you know, it is how it goes, and you kind of just have to give them no energy, no time. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, unfortunately, like I said, because I vote, because I'm a voter, you know, a lot of my information is readily available, and that's scary. People do show up at my home. Um, wow. I I've had people, you know, get me tattooed on them. I've had people uh, Mm. send poems to my house. I've had people show up. I've had people try to pay my phone bill. I've had, you know, I've had a lot of people with good intentions, but just no boundaries, no boundaries. And I think a lot of times because, you know, like Taylor Swift, she gets things like this all the time, but she never knows about it because there's so much in between she and those people, right, right? People playing interference. Like you are your whole team. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're, yeah. You're on a flyer. And people know exactly where you're going to be. What time? Literally. And I and I have to tell. I have to constantly be like, I'm going to be at this show. I'm going to do this. And right. something that I think is for myself important is I've never had a drink in my life. I live in the nightlife scene, and I've never had alcohol. The hardest drug I've ever ever done is like ibuprofen, and like I was wondering um, about so that when I, you're talking about your Hawkeye. I was going to say you have to be sober for like yeah, that awareness yeah. and, while and you're I've, performing, I, right? Yeah, I've been sober my whole life. I think, uh, and I and there's no real reason for that. Like I, I don't have anything. Like I'll buy you a shot at the bar. I don't care. Um, I don't have any like weird religious anything. It's just I never wanted to, so I never did. You know, I take my clothes off in front of strangers, stone cold sober. So I think my inhibitions are pretty low already. <laughs> so like, let's not test the fates. Right. Yeah. But that's another thing is when I, when I leave a venue, I am stone cold sober. I am very aware, you know, as, and I mean, come on, I'm a woman. I have to be mm-hmm. like, I yeah. have to be constantly aware in general. And then because I am so in the public eye, uh, it definitely, it, it 
is smart for me to continue to be completely sober. And then that way I can yeah. maintain my awareness and, and you know, nightclub scenes. It's like, there's, there's a lot, a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, a lot of things that can um, get you into scary situations. Um, yeah. Not that any of those things are inherently bad in themselves, but it can put you in scary situations. So I make sure that for me, like personally, like my girls there, they have like a two drink max, you know, I make sure that everyone is safe getting to their cars, getting out of the building. Everyone is safe, 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 safe. That's a huge, huge, huge thing for me. Um, you know, I'm the last person to leave because I make sure everyone else is out. And yeah, it's, it's especially because I travel so much as well. You know, I'm on the road like this week, I'm in six different cities in seven days. So wow. being sober also helps with that because, you know, I, I keep an eye out when I walk to my car, I'm, I'm very, very, very hyper aware. And also just a woman in America. Flights. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that though, girl, I'm tired sometimes. Like, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. For different reasons. Um, but yeah. And, and so, you know, the, the stalking and the the people showing up and the people who have, who do extravagant things as well, because they think they know me. I put a lot of myself out in the world and I'm very authentic. So it is, it right. is very much me. Um, I do keep a lot of, you know, boundaries um, that people don't really understand what to do. And I think a lot of times women, um, queer women, especially older queer women, because a lot of them have been older queer women, um, have not had the opportunity to lavish a partner with gifts, with, with money, with special things, because they haven't been able to come out. Right. And so they see mm -hmm. me and I make them feel seen at a show. I hug them. I talk to them for a second before I whip my hair around and, you know, go twerk on the next one. Mm -hmm. And, and then they, they start to feel a connection and then they start to show up at my house with, you know, yeah. if I mm -hmm. say, Oh man, I, I love this. And then they show up at the, at the club with like that. And I'm like, okay, I got to be careful about what I say here, you know, because I don't want people I love you know, spending. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it, yeah, there it is. I'm like, I'll tell you what, though, I used to talk about unicorns a lot. You know, like that was like kind of my thing. I was like, I love unicorns. And like, as an adult, when you when you come home and you have like 30 stuffed unicorns in your house, because people keep bringing them to you, it starts to get <laughs> yeah. a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I've stopped. I've, I've toned down the unicorn thing. So people will stop bringing me unicorn stuff. Um, yeah. Goodwill was always like, what's happening here? Every time I showed up, I'm like, <laughs> I have 35 more unicorns for you. Well, yeah. It's I was great. stalking you and noticed that um, Starbucks is a big theme. And I think that's a good, like safe way for people to like literally like, <laughs> yeah, as look I'm at the, um, just sitting here, all these um, gift cards. Yeah. Just I, gift cards. <laughs> it is, it's actually pretty wonderful. Someone told me when back in the day when I was, you know, struggling swimming through a sea of unicorns, they're like, man, you really should have told people you love money. And, uh, yeah. and, and I do love Starbucks. And like I said, because I don't drink, it's like my one vice and it's the, it's not even a vice. It's unsweetened green tea, right? Like, <laughs> woo, I'm fucking wild ladies. Um, but yeah. like, I get it like six times a day just because I, you know, it's just my thing, right? I've over-romanticized Starbucks, to be honest. It's, it's really not even that good. I've just over-romanticized it. Like I've done with everything in my life. Um, and people really love that because they can just, you know, as I'm dancing, they can slip me a Starbucks gift card. And it I honestly makes that. my day. Like I think yeah. it's so sweet. I, I really, it's, it's not nothing I ever take for granted because I think it's so fucking cool. Like really, you guys like know this about me and you're going to go to Starbucks. You're going to buy a gift card. You're going to go to the club and you're going to put it in my garter. Like what? Like that is so fucking rad. I, I've just, I feel so, so grateful for everyone who sees the Vixens and sees me and like something resonates with them. So like even the stalkers, like 
man, that's cool too. Kind of like in a weird way and <laughs> yeah. like, oh, wow, you, you like me that much. Thanks. I think they um, love you. Yeah. But maybe <laughs> stick to Starbucks gift cards. Yeah. That seems like a good neutral so, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not too personal. Yeah. How do you navigate dating with all this? You work so much and then you also yeah. have all these people. Like, how do you know who's not going to turn into like a creeper? Oh, oh God. I mean, that is honestly one of the hardest things is dating as a performer, especially the type of performer I am, because um, I'm I'm performatively flirting all the time. Right. Yes. As a burlesque performer, it's the tease. It is always that. And I'm really fucking good at it. Right. And I yes. love it. And it, it feels really good. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it, it's, um, there's, you know, I always tell people I date, like girls can put money in my underwear, but you take my underwear off. Right. It seems like a simple concept. It's really not for a lot of people because you have to be extremely secure to see your partner, you know, up there every single week, six times a week. Right. Being, you know, surrounded by a sea of, of lesbians and queer women who at any point, like you, I could go off with any of them, you know, and, and it's just something that like, you have to have someone very secure, mm-hmm. someone who can trust. And not only that is that I have very little time, right? Like very, very little time because I'm doing everything right. I'm not just um, performing. I'm making costumes. I'm liaisoning with sponsors, with venues. I'm creating bigger shows. We're producing larger shows that have themes and, and I have to build costumes around that and I have to get everyone, you know, ready for those shows. And so, you know, in addition, just being on the road all the time, um, the behind the scenes work is like 80 hours a week, you know, it's just constant, constant, constant. Cause when I stop, everything stops. Mm-hmm. So finding people like that, it's rare, it's rare and it's hard. And like, you know, everyone is great at first. Everyone is very like, Oh, I can totally handle your job. And and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then, and then down the line, the reality sets in and they're like, maybe I can't, I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, but I want to. Um, So yeah, it's, it's, it's tough out here is, is real tough out here. Um, You know, I have, I have found people who have been able to like handle it, but there's so much that goes into it. So it's like, sometimes even the most secure person ends up being like, God, I love you so much, but like, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with this. And so yeah. it's, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's when you do find someone who can handle it though, it's like fucking great because then, you know, you can go to your gig, you can do your thing, you can come home and there's no fight. There's no nothing. It's like, babe, how was your show? Like, you know, how are your knees? Okay. Like, God, they look bruised <laughs> as fuck. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I have a rug burn on this knee right now from doing a split on one of the stages that had carpet this weekend. Oh man. And oh my God. Man, rug burns. Yeah. Rug burns don't go away very quickly. Um, but you know, and, and being able to kind of understand that when someone can understand that the flirting I do is performative yeah, and not, not with intention. Right. Um, and, and even though they look identical, uh, cause and that, that's the problem is that they, they look identical. So it's like, Ooh, is she flirting with me or is she flirting with me? You know, and, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, dating, dating stuff have like, you ever dated a burlesque performer because they understand that part or uh, is that no, just tricky? No. Are you asking as a no, comedian dating I'm a comedian? I'm asking as a comedian who is with a comedian, yes. there are highs and lows. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and, and that's terrific for, for you because they, another person in your industry can understand things more deeply than someone who could, who can only understand the concepts or like 
understand that there are concepts. Um, I've never dated another burlesque performer mainly because, um, their friends, not food, right? Like they look too much like me. Right. And -hmm. I don't want to date someone who looks too much like me. And so, you know, it's, so my friendships with other burlesque performers, you know, they provide that kind of understanding. And then my, you know, whoever, whoever I date, um, there's lots of talks, lots of good talks to help um, them understand it. And like, you know, I've dated, you know, people who have like larger social media following. So then they can understand that, that aspect of it. They can understand why I won't post about them because they know, like, I already have trolls. Like I'm not going to put my, you know, my relationship out there for consumption when I'm already being, you know, eaten alive at some time. So it's like, mm-hmm. right better not. And, you know, and like I said, I do have stalkers. And so if I'm dating someone, I don't want to give those stalkers any kind of, um, fuel to maybe hurt that person because they think, Oh, they're the ones standing in the way of me and Ivy having a romantic life together. Right. And (laughs) so I, you know, so it's, it's, I, I, you know, that, that whole thing, it would be great to, to date someone who has an innate understanding of it, but I think that I have to be realistic when I'm, I'm dating and, and it's celebrities only that, for you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh God. I, I don't <laughs> even know. You you know honestly, my ideal is like someone who just stays at home. Like it doesn't really like going out who I can yeah. just like come home to and like keeps the plants alive. Yeah. Right. They have like tea ready for me and they're like, Oh babe, you looked killer. Like, was it a great night? You know, that's like my ideal. Like I don't need someone yes. who's out and about. Cause then I'm like, Oh God, where did they go? Are they at the bar? Are they drunk? Like, do I have to like drag them out of here? You know? Right. I've right. Had, I dated girls in the past who have, who have uh, ended the night, like the other drunk crying girls at the bar. And like, I don't want to date that. I want to date yeah. someone who's at home doing a puzzle. Yes. <laughs> Maybe there's so, which there yeah, are a lot of in our community. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I believe, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Pu- puzzlers. That, that's who I'm looking for. Yeah. Nice. I've had friends who have been in different uh, burlesque scenes and the one common thing I hear is drama lots of drama it (laughs) seems like you're very thoughtful in the way that you put less vixens together and who you recruit and everything but is there a lot of drama what's the Uh, try to get 15 women together (laughs) 15 women together ladies like it is there is forever drama yeah within the troop outside of the troop um I've accepted the fact that as the leader of this troop I will be the one that the most shit is talked about right like I have to accept that because I'm the one booking people I'm the one being like hey don't do that I'm the one who has to you know keep everyone in line so the shit that gets talked about me I'm sure is colorful I'm sure it's lovely but I think it's always short-lived because I do lead with integrity and I do have the best like my my interest in my girls is like, I want them to be the star. I want them to be the best. So I think they know that coming from me. So they're, when they get upset with me, it's usually just because they didn't get the booking they wanted, which I'm like, well, pull up your sparkly panties and move on, bro. You're (laughs) going to get the next one. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there's always, you know, drama within the troop, you know, and there's people who won't like each other. Um, they're, you know, I've had, I've also had performers who have like started their own things and that's, Mm -hmm. Some of that has been great because, you know, they, they've created their own vibe, you know, their own, like one of my performers, Mary Contrary, she created the Dirty Dolls. Um, and they are like a rock and roll kind of like much more uh, niche kind of burlesque. Mm-hmm. And that's been great. And then I've had other performers who have literally copied and pasted 
everything I do from my costumes to the, my voice on social media to everything. And that's how they built their thing off of my thing Mm -hmm. when, and you know, a lot of people have been indignant upon my behalf, you know, with things like that. (laughs) And so there's like little bits of drama there. Um, and then, you know, every other weekend, one of my dancers is crying because her girlfriend, blah, 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 you know? So there's a lot of like, a lot of that. And it's, it's this line of being like mama vixen. Yeah. And then like the boss that I, right. I try to walk, um, because you can't, I have, I want to be friends with everyone, but I also need people to respect me as their, as their boss. And then I also, you know, want to sit, sit there with whoever's crying over tea and tell them, fuck that girl. Like she, yeah, you know, she, she doesn't deserve you. Like, look at how hot you are. You just had hundreds of girls screaming your name, like fuck that bitch. Right. So like, it's, it's kind of playing these different roles as the leader and like, because a lot of it, you know, it's very authentic. Like when I see one of my girls crying, like I want to kill whoever made her cry. And like, but you know, I also need her to get her shit together because she has to go on in five minutes. Right. So there's this, uh, I got to walk that line a lot. And I have to just accept that there will be drama because I want a troop that feels like family. Like that's something that I've wanted for so long. And I think I've cultivated that, but I have to realize that siblings fight. Right. Right. So that's something I just have to accept. And then queer women in queer spaces who are all hot. It's, it's great. It's great. I fucking love, I even love the drama. Like it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's like the L word, but I'm living it, you know, and it's a little more sparkly and naked. Yeah. So I'll take the drama if this is what I get to do. I guess to wrap it up, is there anything like any message you want to give to our listeners? Anything you want to, any advice? Oh, wow. Um, I think that living authentically is, is the only way to live. And, you know, I would encourage everyone to really explore who they are and to see yourself in art because you are, you are all art. And if you see yourself represented, I want you to know that we, we represent you. We see you, we love you. You are valid. You are amazing. And whatever your identity is, we celebrate that and you're hot as fuck and take care of your mental health, drink water, stay hydrated, wear sunscreen. Uh, the amount of people I was telling my girls wondering, like, are you wearing sunscreen? Cause you know, I can't help it. Um, it was a miracle sun safety. that I didn't get any oh, sunburn. Carolyn. Yeah. I, miracle. I, I know. I, I was highly disappointed when anyone would be like, I'm not wearing sunscreen. I'm like, give me a minute. I'll go get you some. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so own, own who you are stay hydrated, wear sunscreen, take care of your mental health. And like, you are hot as fuck. And where can they follow you to find where you and the other Vixens will be performing? I mean, we've talked about uh, Girl the Party. If you're ever in Orlando, check that out for sure. You also do um, Girls in Wonderland. You also do other circuit party type thing, like uh, Aqua... Aqua girl, is aqua girl, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've done, I've done like almost every pride ever, yeah. ever, everywhere. So yeah. I'm all over the place and we have a lot of like queer events just in general. So you can find us on Instagram at les vixens burlesque, L E S as in lesbian vixens <laughs> burlesque. And then you can find me at Evelina E V E L E E N A. What's up? My legal name, <laughs> <What's> <laughs> Again, my branding, you know, at Evelina. Um, that's where I post all of my, all of my adventures and lots of, but 
photos. So if, you, if you're into that, sparkly boobs, sparkly butts, follow us, uh, lesvixens.com. Um, we have our calendar up there and you can kind of peruse. Uh, my mom also makes soaps. So we have some pride flag soaps for sale on the website, which is With super biodegradable cute. glitter. I just With saw biodegradable that. Your glitter. mom's so yeah. cute. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom's adorable. Shout out to my mom. I know a lot of people don't have supportive families. Um, I do. And if you, your family's not supportive, I'll be your daddy. Hello. <laughs> I'm your family now. Uh, come out to Girl the Party and and we'll welcome you there. So oh God, and well, at thanks, Girl the Party daddy. on Instagram. <laughs> hey, anytime. Wait, uh, Ivy, do you hear that? It's it's every lesbian booking their flight to Orlando. Yeah. I think that yes, just all happens. Yes. Deafening. Yeah. Tra- travelocity just shut down. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to get down there. Thank you so much. Yeah, Melody, you're welcome anytime. And Carolyn, please come back. All the breeze are waiting of for course. you. Oh, <laughs> I know. Let's go. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. This was this was truly an honor. Thanks, Ivy. This is great. Yeah. Oh. Melody, do you have even more FOMO now? Yeah, I'm dying. That you didn't get to go. I'm on um, kayak right now, looking at flights right now. <laughs> That's the good thing from New York, flying to Orlando. You can usually catch a deal because of Disney, and also hotels are uh, pretty affordable down there. Also, though, if you are in New York, I know that Ivy is uh, doing a show, a Halloween-themed show coming up, so check that out. Follow her on Instagram. You yeah, got just it. follow She's her. She's the best. That's a good follow. If you like butts. I love butts. It's a good butt. Yeah. Okay. Shall we get into our listener question? Yes, we shall. Okay. So lesbians are notorious for not making any moves on those they fancy due to socialization, etc. On the other end of the spectrum, strange men will approach you in the street without a second thought. In your ideal world, would sapphic women, A, just finally tell their longtime crushes that they're into them, but leave strangers alone, B, introduce themselves to women they find attractive while in a public setting, C, have some sort of intricate ritual involving doing the lesbian nod at someone, after which point the recipient has the choice to approach or not. I say D, walk like an Egyptian. If you listen walk to our like episode an with Sabrina yes. Jalise, you know. Make it happen this whole time at Girls in Wonderland. Nobody was walking like an Egyptian. Though I guess you don't have to signal there. I guess everybody oh, knows. So not. that's why. That's why. But um, I should have, once it was over, I think that's where I went wrong at Disney was I wasn't walking like an Egyptian around mm-hmm. Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh can we just comment on this listener question that not only did they give us a question, but they gave us multiple choice answers. I don't know how to really take this one. <laughs> let's explore just someone our, having fun. Let's explore our options. Yes. They finally tell their longtime crushes they're into them, but leave strangers alone. We should be doing that. If your crush is in a position where like it's okay for them to receive that information, you got a crush on your monogamous friend who's in a relationship i don't know keep it to yourself yeah maybe keep it to yourself <laughs> yeah unless they're dating a monster but i don't know yeah if you have like a long time crush on someone i don't know shit or get off the pot <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> all right or, or, or else you're just making it weird like especially if it's someone that you're friends with and you're just like silently 
crushing on them forever. And because you think that maybe there's a possibility that that one day, like, I think it's a lot healthier just to move it out of the way and be like, oh, great, good. No, now I'm over it. Or like, yes. And woo, what's going to happen now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Introduce themselves to women they find attractive while in a public setting. I mean, that's a good move. Yes. I, Alicia Brown, my best friend, like you see yeah. her at yeah. hens or in these um, sapphic situations, just so cavalierly walks up to a girl. She sees a girl from across the room and she's like, I'm going to go tell her she's pretty. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to go introduce myself. Yeah. Um, and then that's they're talking, they're exchanging do. it. And she does it so easily. Yes. Maybe practice, but um, yeah make perfect in her case yeah just introduce yourself yeah, i think that's that's a good one if you find somebody attractive i don't think there's anything weird unless it, you're playing hard to get or it's not your style but if you're looking to pick up on someone going up to them and telling them you find them attractive or complimenting them or something like that that's a great thing you know even if they're not interested in more who doesn't love a compliment yeah. And then based on how they react, it can pretty much like lead you one way or another. But don't be the person that's like at a bar just staring someone down, you know, from across don't the be room that, and just like waiting and like, you know, letting life pass by <laughs> like I used to do when I used to go to my sister's room all the time. Don't yeah. be Carolyn in her 20s, at MSR, just standing in a corner waiting lurking. for somebody to come and talk to me. Yeah, I was a lurker. Mm hmm. It wasn't fun. No. Well, like, C, have some sort of intricate ritual involving the lesbian nod at someone, after which point the recipient has the choice to approach or not. Not good enough. Lesbian no. nod, yeah. not good enough. In my yeah. ideal sapphic world, at least, we're talking about, nope. Right now, the intricate ritual is being avoidant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in, like, dyke yeah. culture. That is Honestly, the ritual to me. This like little dance uh, circling this drain, like never making contact or not making it fast enough. I don't I don't love it. And I don't know why people can't just be direct. I guess some people like games, some people it's not their style. But why would you want to get involved with someone who's just, you know, who gets turned off by you saying like, hey, I think you're cute. Yeah. And like maybe they think you're cute, but then they're like, whoa, that was for I, I don't know. Like y you'll do what feels right. Don't yeah. be a creep. I mean, you and will encounter Gemini's. You will encounter Gemini's. <laughs> this will happen. You will have to play some sort of game. But <laughs> oh, boy. Um, <laughs> triggered. Oh, Yo, yeah. With your act. I mean, I'm with my Gemini who I love, but we yeah, play some yeah. games Um, and I'm just watching. Yeah. It's so funny right now. I'm watching two of my friends court each other and they're both Gemini's. They're both double oh, Gemini's boy. and it's <gasps> insane. The game <laughs> playing is yeah. advanced and <laughs> it's just such a mind fuck even watching it happen. Uh, I think it's two so much women. nicer when people are just upfront and upfront either way. I love if someone's upfront about let's just be friends. Love to to know where you stand with someone, I think, is a, a great thing we can do uh, with each other as a community. It's hot. Yeah. Make it clear, clear communicating however you do it. The clearest way, walking like an Egyptian. Yes. Clear and queer. Okay. 
you have any other questions, uh, you know, please don't feel any pressure to put it in the form of multiple choice. I kind of love it. You can send it to, you like it? All yeah. right. <laughs> you want to know that I'm the one who was on a game show. Uh, <laughs> uh, send it to dykingout at gmail.com. We will add it to the queue and... You should be following us on Instagram at Diking Out, where I think hopefully by this point, maybe I've put up a, a super cut of my uh, Girls in Wonderland videos. But uh, okay. you can also follow me at TGI Carolyn. You can follow me at Melody Kamali. Thank you so much for Diking Out with us this week. We'll see you next Tuesday. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.